Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host and thinks the Patriots should tank for Trevor Pete Rogers. And I am joined by all of the guys. We have resident old man and the duck father, Clark Barnes, the working girl and keeper of keys and grounds at Buccaneer Bandwagon, Jordan Smith, and the ginger clean shaving man and political wildcard, Nick Potiphar. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Excellent. Woo! I'm sure it's strange to all of you tens of listeners to hear our voices on a Wednesday rather than a Tuesday, but Nick assures you the delay was worth it because his picks in today's mock draft will be a quote, a hundred percent accurate. I bet my life on it. Nick, a follow-up statement. I, uh, I do. I, I bet my life on it. I bet the total rights to the podcast on it. <laughs> I think we'll probably get some more bets on it as the show goes on oh baby uh what did we what did we bat last year last year i thought we had like nine right and i think like seven of those were nicks if i recall correctly nick got several correct Uh, i think i had like five right (laughs) and then there was an awesome one where there was a trade back and jordan got did you get the packers pick right jordan oh yeah or something did i or did i get something uh, like Rashawn Gary fell or something like that. And you had him being taken. You had someone being taken at like 13, the team traded back or something, and then ended up taking the same player just in a different slot. I think I like, we, that sounds familiar. I'm trying to think who it was. We had a good draft. We did. And we yeah, did well. It, it was pretty good. We did good for ourselves. Uh, obviously with the draft fast approaching, uh, it's time for us to do our third annual mock draft. Um, or what some have been rightfully calling the original virtual NFL draft. I kind of feel like we should be seeing some royalties uh, for the NFL blatantly copying us after we've been doing this for three years. Now the NFL thinks it's cool to do these like remote virtual drafts. So let's see if we can pull a Tom Brady and try to like get a random phrase, like virtual NFL draft trademarked uh, so that we can start making a profit off of that. When the NFL puts t-shirt, put us on t-shirts and stuff. I like to think that there'll be a couple of GMs who think to themselves, I liked when we all got together for the draft better. I liked, I liked seeing everyone in person, even though they all sat was, in war rooms and didn't actually hang out. Yeah. Everybody's really upset. They don't what get was, to talk to Bill O'Brien face to face and <laughs> try to get another player out of them. Did you guys see the Dave Gettleman quote that, that was, that came out, uh, Roger Sherman on the ringer found it. It was from an interview and basically him saying like, he is really upset. The fact that they can't sit down with prospects and smell them. Dave Gettleman is a big fan of the scent of a, of a rookie to determine whether or not they are going to be a good NFL player. Taking his cues from the Biden camp. I see. So. Do we know what the um, – I haven't looked into it. What's the draft going to be streamed on? 
Uh, that's a good question. I know Goodell is streaming from his basement. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what's going to decorate his basement. So wouldn't it just be total class for him to pipe in booze, at least for like the first pick or two? Like that would be like, he should send that would around cut, a bottle to every GM. That would cut people booing him for the rest oh. of his career. Like if he yeah, just yeah. embraced it and like made that. So Roger, please feel free. Roger walks on screen and just goes, welcome to the 2020 NFL draft pitchers. I feel like he's leaned into the negativity over the past couple of seasons. So that'd be a pretty, pretty fun move. Yeah. Um, however, though, before we jump into the draft, it is time for a new segment. What the fuck is Bill O'Brien doing? What the fuck's he doing now? What the fuck's is Bill O'Brien doing? Yeah, what the fuck's he doing now? I really hate when Pete does music for his bits. If you thought Bill O'Brien was done Bill O'Brien-ing, well, think again. Last week, the Texans traded their second this year, second round pick to the Rams for Brandon Cooks. Clark, your thoughts on this trade and how it impacts your no longer favorite team? In a complete vacuum, I am excited that the Texans got Brandon Cooks, but it seems like an awful lot to pay. A very, I think, talented but questionable wide receiver when you could have just done nothing and kept your second round pick and had a much better wide receiver. You know, it's so interesting because Cooks, like his talent is perhaps more safe than what you might find in this draft. I know this draft is like, should be historic. Um, but he has, I think it's, it's five documented concussions, yeah. which is, means it's likely seven or eight or something. Like you, you have to try to find someone with that many documented concussions. Yeah, it's the, not. The it's not good. Is insane. It's not good to uh, to. I mean, all the way back from training DeAndre Hopkins, but even still, like I understand Brandon Cooks is immensely talented when he's on the field. But Nick's right. Like he, the concussions are something to seriously be worried about, and he just hasn't been able to stay on the field in recent years. Um, and he Brandon, is not. They do everything no, wide receiver. Not. Like sometimes fast guys still manage to live over the middle and he does not do that. And you can tell he alligator arm stuff, which like, no, I'm not saying like, I can't believe these guys get up after any play in the NFL, yeah. but Brandon cooks is not in a league of like the toughest men alive. He's not an especially tough kind of Julian Edelman, Heinz Ward no. type. And no. so what's the plan there? <laughs> Bill, like, what are you doing? Why are you yeah. getting a deep, like, a one-dimensional, good one-dimensional injury risk, outside threat? What are you doing? Yeah. For Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, are they just going to run fucking verticals, like, for 16 games straight? I don't... The Texans yeah, playbook they, they is now just four verts. Um, which, actually, four verts should be used a little bit more often, but... Um, I Bill Bryan had being the face of analytics. <laughs> yeah, now suddenly running the air raid. Um, 
So obviously one big thing that's going to happen here is that teams are going to likely pass on, you know, it's apropos that we're doing the draft here. Uh, teams are, are likely going to pass on injury risk players for what would be perceived as safer players. And the fact that O'Brien did this is just. Clark is having, having a mind melt it's right so now. It's so crazy. Yeah, I feel, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd rather, I don't know. I do want to say these days, my injury tolerance is going to end up making me right, Nick. And I am waiting for that day to happen. There is, there is a winner in this trade. And that winner is Brandon cooks who, despite being traded four times has gotten to play with Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, and now Deshaun Watson. That's an incredible squad of quarterbacks to be playing with. Okay. Is there, is there a player in history? Like since, Ricky Williams, who has had more draft capital spent on him. And well, the crazy thing is, is that it's, and the thing is, is like, he's never been, except for last year, last year was his worst year since entering the NFL, I believe. But like, he's been a thousand yard receiver with every team he's joined. I mean, it, it's not as if it's not as if he's been bad or a bust by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, you're right, Nick. It's that for whatever reason, people are upset. It's like, it's like teams loving to pay Sammy Watkins. Teams are teams love to give draft capital for Brandon Cooks, and so teams are like the Patriots. I swear to God, Belichick was like, "Oh, you want a first for Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I'll make that trade in a heartbeat." Like, I mean, we could keep him and we could play him, but you want to if you want to give us a first for him, sure, we'll make that trade. He he got him on his rookie deal, right? Uh, I was thinking it was the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then this, and then the Rams Um, signed him to that massive deal. Texans are picking up the bag for the rest of (laughs) yeah. The Rams are paying, paying. yeah. It's like twenty four percent of their salary cap is going to Gurley and Cooks. That's some good team construction. As a, I'm not a Texans fan anymore. It is nice to see someone else paying your star. You know, like it's it's good to see at least one other team doing that stupid move. So, Uh, all right, well. My uh, my hope for Brandon Cooks to uh, to return to the fantasy football world look yeah. got a little bit better. I'm all, I'm I'm still staking my flag on that hill. If the price is right, he's I'm definitely anyone playing with Deshaun Watson is yeah. going to be worth a shot. Now, if he's like a second or third rounder, well, no, no. But all right, now it is time for our 2020 NFL mock draft that will certainly be certain with some certainty. After much debate and much behind-the-scenes onion curtain working, uh, we have each chosen a team to be the GM for, or teams to be the GM for, and as always, there'll, there's a debate each year as to what exactly our purpose is in making these picks. We are making the pick as what we think the team should do rather than what we think each team will do because sometimes NFL teams are stupid and we are smarter than them. Now, often these coalesce, uh, align and what team, what we think they should do is what they will do. Um, but enough bitter batter, enough chitter chatter, enough whipper whapper. It's time to start the draft. And on the clock is Nick and the Cincinnati Bengals with the first overall pick. Nicholas shock the world. Who are the Bengals taking yeah. one overall? I, I will shock the world, and I, I do have to say I, I probably am going to be making the picks that I think the team will pick, Mr. Pete. But regardless, this time it lines up. Uh, number one overall pick, the 2020 NFL Draft, is quarterback at LSU, Joe Burrow. Uh, really, up until this week, I didn't have a good understanding of how good Joe Burrow 
actually is. I thought that there was some debate to be had as to whether or not it should be him or if for some reason Tua was given a clean bill of health, uh, that it should be Tua. But it, it, it really isn't. Uh, and, and I was convinced soundly by just a couple of arguments. Warren Sharp brought up the fact that his team passed on 63% of first downs. It's the second highest rate since 2015. Um, or in, in the 2015 uh, time frame, the only person to beat him out is, is Patrick Mahomes. Now, what you get out of a team passing on first down in college is a, a clear trust in the quarterback. You like to see that a coaching staff is willing to just go, all right, like kid, here you go. You got the offense. Uh, he, he, as Sharp pointed out, he might be actually the best college passer on first downs that uh, we've ever seen. He had uh, 18 first down touchdown passes, most in uh, – in college during that same time frame, his completion rate, 82% highest in that time frame, his yards per attempt highest. Uh, similarly, the uh, uh, Sports Info Solutions there, again, we uh, I talked about on the last podcast, you make a donation to a COVID-related charity, they'll give you their rookie handbook for free this year. Everybody should go do that. It's full of excellent information. They have three statistics that they like to see uh, guys succeed in in college because it, it, it has shown that it translates well to the NFL. That's average depth of target, their catchable ball percentage, and uh, how often one scrambles. What we found with, uh, with Joe Burrow is his, his, his catchable ball percentage jumped from 81 to 91%. 91% catchable ball percentage is absurd. It's the single highest jump in a, in a season since 18 to 19. Uh, Actually, kind of fun. Gardner Minshew is the uh, – for completion percentage, he also jumped 18%, and Gardner Minshew is number two on that list. So just a shout-out to the mustache. Um, his average average depth of target was 9.1. That was second best of the, the top group of quarterbacks. The point is and, – and, oh, and his, his rushing profile is that of Russell Wilson. So if there's any debate as to what this guy can do, he, he is historically – uh, special and the Bengals are getting their their quarterback in the future. That's too bad that they're going to ruin him. That was all really compelling. It's just that he's going to Cincinnati. I, if, if the Cincinnati like curse you know continues, uh, that may be. But I, I, they did have some promising play calling with passing a lot on first down, throwing deep on first down, and I, I have hope. I have hope. So it's not so much a curse, but have you seen the movie Major League? It's probably a little bit before your time. Uh, Clark, the point, based the point of the story his... is uh, you can have ownership that just like really doesn't care. And that will be the albatross around your neck. Uh, and, and for the past, you know, 20 years, that's been what's happening in Cincinnati. So I would love to, you know, first of all, Nick, awesome job. Uh, you do a much better job on these than I do. Uh, but I would just, I would love for this draft to start with a story from Joe Burrow, like 40 minutes before the draft saying like, I tried to do this behind closed doors, but I am not going to Cincinnati. So oh, and Eli. I'm getting me other teams. That would be that so is, much fun. Bong mask that he got from Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> just pops it on. <laughs> oh no. How did this video get leaked? Darn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it, to Clark's point, like, the Bengals have been seen, their ownership has been seen as like stingy or not stingy, but like not invested in winning so much so that they like made an express point this off season to like go spend money like hell to like put on the facade that yes, we're here. We're ready, Joe. We're going to like get you, put you in the best chance to uh, best chance to succeed. I think, I mean, this is, this is a clear, the most certain pick I would say in the 2020 NFL draft. 
I think it just has to be the pick. Uh, you're number one overall. If you're not going to draft Joe Young, then or Joe Young, <laughs> Joe Burrow, Mighty then Joe trade Young. down and get like a treasure trove of pick. Because yeah, the Bengals have just a ton of other needs. But if you really feel like this guy is your franchise guy, you have to get a franchise guy. You yeah. can't play around at this position. That being said, would you say no to if the Dolphins called and said, "We'll give you all three of our first round picks." If I were the Bengals, I would, I would, I would think. Oh, about I would that. say yes because that's the five. It. It's right? the five. So you're, so you're it's moving the back 18, four, and it's like the ninth, and it's like the twenty something. I think. I I would consider it if you thought you were just going to be trash again this year and like Could have a nice shot Trevor. at Trevor Lawrence next yeah. year. Then that would be something to consider, but it's very hard to tell. I still think Joe Burrow is hard to predict these the things. best quarterback. So yeah, yeah, a a like above average quarterback is worth everything. Sure. And what this guy looks like is I, I didn't really understand this. He might be the best prospect, but like I've seen in my lifetime kind of a thing. It's unreal what this kid did. So oh, yeah. he I three looks, first round picks. I think I'm turning it down. He looks incredible. And he has, I mean, he's going to come in there and like, as, as the NFL loves to, or NFL owners love to like, but he's going to be, he's going to change that locker room culture. He's going to bring a winning culture to that locker room and that team. Yeah, and this, I don't know. It just The cynic in me says, like, man, it sounds like you hear this shit every year about this new quarterback who's going to change the position, who's just been the best ever. And, like, and sometimes it's true, and most of the time, most of the time it's not. Um, we got 32 that, picks. That's not taking away from Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move uh, on to pick number two. The Washington racial slurs are on the clock. Clark, you are the GM for them. I'll, I'll make it quick, not because I didn't do extremely extensive research like Nick, but just out of brevity and kindness uh, for the show. Uh, so Washington needs a ton of things, and I have tried desperately to move back just a few picks here, like move down to number five with Miami, move down to number six. Uh, but no one, no one bit, and now it's too late, and I've already written something, so oh, uh, no. we're standing pat. Uh, Ron Rivera, new coach of the Washington Breadsticks, uh, been a coach for a long, long time, but had the most success that he's ever had with a mobile athletic quarterback, and uh, Washington does not have that. They have Dwayne Haskins, and so we're going to see this year uh, something amazing happen Again, after a team spent a first-round pick on a QB last year, they're going to do it again. The Bradstick surprised everybody, and Ron Rivera hitches his star to Tua Tagliovilele. <laughs> and, yeah, they figure out what to do with Haskins, taking like a third or a fourth from someone else for him. Did you, I don't think that you can pass on Tua. I'm extremely injury uh, tolerant, and that's come to bite me in the ass in fantasy a whole lot. Uh, but... These guys are really young. I've heard reports that things are good with Tua. I know that Nick may have some uh, – I didn't get to hear the podcast, but Nick may have talked about this already. Uh, I think that this is a prospect that you just have to take a shot on. Uh, new coach, new place. We'll see. Uh, unfortunately, the breadsticks ruin another good uh, QB. Two teams back-to-back back ruining top yeah. QB prospects. This is a scenario that I can – kind of see playing out that Washington basically pulls an Arizona Cardinals here and they're like, well, new coach, I want a new QB. And I believe in this guy Tua, who without his injury concerns would probably be competing with Joe Burrow for the top um, quarterback taken off the board. The, the thing about it is that 
I think Washington with Ron Rivera is more of a, if he has a chance to get a generational defensive talent that I think that his um, old school coaching mind might want to go with that. But I, I can see them honestly pulling the trigger for Tua because I don't think, and especially in the mock drafts that I've seen, we haven't taken into account how often um, the quarterback drafting in these drafts recently just hasn't gone the way we project it to. Mm-hmm. Like people move up, people go ahead and grab quarterbacks that they think are going to be their guy. Um, so I, I think a lot of these quarterbacks are going to go much higher than we project them to, even if we don't like put their talent level at that particular position. Like, like Clark's, I mean, like the quarterback is, or Nick was saying, I think above average quarterback is like, that's a game change. That is gold in the league right now. And I think teams will always want any team that has, has questions at the quarterback will move earth to get their guy. And I think with Tua, with Joe, I mean, Joe is pretty locked in it, but with Tua and like Justin Herbert, I feel like there could be a lot of movement in those top five picks for someone going after, like trying to get their guy. Um, And I will say the Los Angeles Chargers are really upset right now. So I'll, uh, I'll make my, uh, my counterpoint brief. Uh, the reports that Chase Young is, is going to be the number two picker, uh, they seem pretty uh, solid, uh, well-researched, spot on. Uh, Lombardi, Michael Lombardi, uh, he, he was the first guy on this, bringing up the idea that, that Tua wasn't only going to not be in the top three, but now not in the top ten. One team has already failed him uh, on his physical, supposedly, and it wasn't just for the hip, that although the hip actually should be good to go, he has uh, the, he's broken his wrist twice, and that's not necessarily that big of a deal. I, I think that I am a little bit concerned about the ankles. He had surgery on both of his sprained ankles, and both times it was a, a non-essential surgery. It was, it was kind of out of the norm for him to have done it. Sometimes that can have uh, you know um, negative impacts down the road. Uh, but anyway, the fact that one team has failed him and with more reports today coming out saying that it's, it's not only likely that he's going to be out of the top 10, but that he's going to be uh, taken after Justin Herbert seem fairly locked into me. Um, and there are a few guys who are really plugged into this stuff that we can look at, like Gil Brandt and, and, and Daniel Jeremiah, obviously Evan Silva with his mock drafting. But uh, Gil Brandt, his, his hot, I think it's his hot 150 came out yesterday. Uh, definitively put uh, to uh, behind Herbert in his top five as, as, as Herbert is the, the number two. Um, so anyway, th- uh, for, for our purposes, this is the pick. I, I will voice my dissent as I, I don't think that this is likely. I'm all, I'm here for just complete and utter chaos on the virtual NFL draft. I just want to see, I want to see in real time, Miami's whole war room just melt to the ground as Washington is decides that two is they're going to be the QB of the future. Uh, all right. So we're moving on to pick number three. Jordan is on the clock with the Detroit lions. Uh, Jordan, who are they taking? So they're obviously just going to take the top player I have on my big board. Um, and that's chase young, the edge rusher out of Ohio state. Uh, personally to me, I think he's the best player in the draft. He has just insane speed and athleticism. Um, he's strong and I'm not really sure what Matt Patricia wants to do defensively, but he can play with his hand in the dirt or standing on two feet. Um, and I don't expect him to be able to go to Detroit. I was going to draft a 
certain other player from Ohio State for them, expecting that to be the pick. And um, I don't even have edge rusher as one of Detroit's like top four needs, but you just got to roll with the punches in this mock draft and take the best player available. And I think that's uh, Chase Young for sure. This is this is the ultimate Matt Patricia saves his his uh, his job for one more year pick. If Chase Young somehow falls to Detroit at three, they like Matt Patricia is the happiest man on earth. All right, we're moving on to pick number four. The New York Giants are on the clock, and Clark, uh, I believe your phone is ringing. If you'd like to pick it up, I'll allow it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, hi, Dave Gettleman. Uh, this is uh, Tom Telesco, uh, the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers. I was just calling to, uh, well, well, uh, Dave, I'm going to be honest. You're only uh, only two picks ahead of us, and we would love to be able to get in front of those pesky Miami Dolphins. Uh, here's what I'll do for you. I'll send you the sixth overall pick, so you're just moving down two spots. And uh, we'll send you our uh, our third round pick, number one, number seventy one. Uh, still a top ten pick in the third round. What do you say? I think if you make that third to second, we've got a deal. Um, you know, Dave, you uh, you are a tough, tough negotiator, <laughs> and uh, and we won't say no to that. We'll send you our second. Well done, Dave. You got the best of me. And now that the San Diego Chargers, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers, the own the GM of the team doesn't even know what city they're in. Uh, Chargers trade up, and of course they're going to get their quarterback of the future. They're going to get Justin Herbert. Uh, we had to get in front of Miami because suck it. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a guy who is can has all the arm talent in the world. Uh, is going to still take a little bit of time to get fully NFL adjusted, but we're putting him with weapons like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, and Mike Williams. Uh, we wanted Tua, but Washington didn't take our phone calls. Pretty rude of them. But uh, nevertheless, we got a quarterback who we are 100% behind, and uh, we'll have a quarterback competition with Tyrod Taylor during camp. Yeah, bummer for the Dolphins. They were going to take uh, Herbert at number 18. Um <laughs> Uh, it's baffling by all of these teams making their selections. I think what's interesting about Herbert is that he profiles very similarly to uh, Josh Allen. This was a point raised initially by Evan Silva a few weeks ago on a, a quarterback preview podcast. Effectively, um, Herbert is a two-inch taller version of him, and they tested extremely similarly in the combine. Uh, when you zoom in on certain aspects like their 10-yard split, uh, broad jump uh no excuse me vertical jump and their three cone in 20 yard short, uh, short shuttle what you get is a, a player who similar really in the way that josh allen uh didn't have much of a, a prolific rushing uh, uh repertoire built up when he came out of wyoming the, the physical build and the, the big arms uh, style of play were very similar. And so I, I think it's very likely that, that what you're getting in Justin Herbert is sort of the, the, the next version of Josh Allen, perhaps more so than what we thought uh, Daniel Jones kind of, you know, Daniel Jones is sort of a, a, a lightweight version of Josh Allen. Um, and now I think we're actually finding, uh, I guess, just a, a, a more heavyweight version of him in that he's a little bit larger. I think there was a, a, an exercise or two where he perhaps was tested by an inch and a tenth of a second in, in these activities, but the fact that he's doing it, you know, I mean, he, he, six foot six as opposed to six foot four is really pretty impressive. Um, <clears throat> so I think that this, uh, I think this kid 
he, I think he's got a high floor, uh, especially in fantasy with his ability to, to scramble when needed. Um, and I think he'll be an exciting player to watch. Sounds like the perfect pick to trade up for. Perfect guy. Great move. Great move by the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. Whoever, whoever controlled that team, what a great get. So one of my takes for this upcoming draft class is that Justin Herbert should not go in the top 10. I would rather take a questionably injured Tua over Justin Herbert. Um, I have him as my 21st ranked prospect. And um, I was waving my hands around before because I actually have written down that Justin Herbert is just skinny Josh Allen. Um, now that's not necessarily going to be like a bad thing for fantasy purposes. Obviously Josh Allen has proven his worth in that regard, but he has like a strong arm, but there's something that's just missing on a few throws. It feels like he's a little bit inconsistent and he'll need, um, some good coaching. I'm not sure if the chargers are the right team for that, but we shall see. I don't think they are fully invested in Tyrod Taylor being their guy. I think that's just all posturing. I'm just saying it's not bad to have Keenan Allen six foot two and Mike Williams six foot four playing wide receiver for a guy who doesn't have the most accuracy issues. So, so pretty perfect, pretty pretty perfect team construction. <laughs> Let's move on to pick number five. Nick is picking for the uh, Miami Dolphins, the first of their three picks. Whoo, tough bout for Miami, who lost out on their tank for Tua and no longer Justin Herbert on the board. What do the Miami Dolphins do in a state of panic, Nicholas? The Dolphins are doing what they were uh, always going to do at number five. They're taking left tackle Andrew Thomas. They're going to uh, solidify the left side of their, their line with one of the best pass-protecting tackles in the class. And uh, when they get their quarterback, he's going to be set. I like Andrew Thomas. He can play left or right tackle, and he's uh, – virtual bully in the run game and they are a team that since trading away most of their assets can use players with a lot of versatility we're moving right along the char- the giants are now on the clock after trading down with the chadges uh who is new york taking clark so one of the things i do agree with dave gettleman on is that big dudes rule the roost uh we're gonna do something to shore up the horrible giants offensive line and go with Mackie Backtone out of Louisville. Uh, yeah, he's the highest ranked offensive lineman by Daniel Jeremiah. And that's all, Clark. That's my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely could think can see the the Giants if they do trade down going offensive line uh, because you have your you have your quarterback, you have your running back. I mean, you have all the pieces there on that offense. And if you want it to be as explosive as possible, you need to sure up that, uh, that offensive line. Yeah. They have to start doing the right things to uh, protect Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. And that hasn't been the case with their free agent signings. And Makai Becton is a giant six foot seven. He's a, monster massive human being like he's a mauler and he can plug in and start right away yeah perhaps a bit raw uh as far as his technique goes but i think that he uh he he has a very high ceiling um as a projector all right well we are now on to what pick number eight no seven excuse me pick number seven and it is the myself taking over the carolina panthers and we the carolina panthers are invested in improving their defense in this draft we 
we made a lot of moves in the offseason to, to sure up this offense. We got Teddy Bridgewater. We got Robbie Anderson. We signed Christian McCaffrey to a monster deal that I'm sure will look bad in two years. But, hey, lock down those running backs when you get the chance. Am I right, you guys? Pay them top dollar. It's an important thing to do. Uh, How's the run? <laughs> But we are going to we are going to focus on defense, and we're in a position that I never thought we would be in, which is we have our choice of multiple top tier defensive talent. I could go corner here, but I don't think I'm going to. Instead, I think we are going to take linebacker, safety, edge rusher, outside corner, whatever you want to play him at, he can do it. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to the Panthers with seventh overall pick. Yeah, I think it's a perfect pick to replace Luke Kickley. Um, Jeff Akuda would have been also obviously a good selection. I'm assuming that's the other player that you were talking about. Yes, I had him coming off board number three for Detroit. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this is a great move. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons, I have him just listed down as defender because yeah. he can play at like three different levels, uh, state champion long jumper. So shouts to my track players in this draft, track runners in this draft. Um, and he's just, he's an ideal like sub package linebacker. Like he, he's very capable of just playing all around the field wherever they might need it on defense. And with, with Keekly retiring uh, and with losing a lot of pieces on that defense and they're going into this whole rebuild, getting someone like Simmons would be, Whew, that is that is who we're building our defense around going to the future. All right, we're moving on to the eighth pick. Clark is taking over the Arizona Cardinals. What's going on at eight, Clark? So with Simmons sliding, I was getting excited. Maybe we're just going to pick a hybrid piece for a defense that is really terrible. Uh, but with him off the board, I think uh, we're going to have some fun with this one and build on a strength. And I think with the Cardinals, we're going to give them Jerry Judy, Woo! wide receiver out of Alabama. Go ahead and make that offense uh, the greatest show on turf, and we'll just race you to forty and not worry about the defense. This is this is how Cliff Kingsbury gets around the spotty pass protection for for Kyler Murray. Is you just go five wide, and you're just saying, "Hey, you can't rush the pass. You can't rush after me because I'm going to throw to DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella, Jerry Judy, any of the number of targets that they've got." Also, this is very important. Much like in fantasy, when a player has a dud year, there will be a lot of owners that avoid that. Last year, I believe I represented seven teams and selected seven offensive linemen and made a <laughs> vow to not do that two years in a row. <laughs> but my need for every team literally started with offensive, offensive linemen. Line. I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> not, not again. To be fair, Clark, you can never have too many good offensive linemen on your team. Um, I like the Judy pick though um i like him as a wide receiver uh he's a, like a pretty good tactician of a route runner and um I, it's i guess always good to give kyler murray more people to throw the ball at and if you want to just line up five wide every play like the cardinals want to sure I mean, if, cliff is, if cliff is bringing the air raid to the nfl there's no better way to do it than with like you know, five legit receiving weapons on the field at all times. Yeah, I think, uh, I think these guys are already pretty loaded there. So bringing in a CUDA probably would have been the, the more long-term move, but what Judy has to offer is fairly unique. Uh, Evan still like to point out that, that Greg Cassell is confident between as a uh, combination of Odell Beckham Jr. And Antonio Brown, uh, along with zero line uh, comparing him to San Antonio Holmes, 
It's a decent, decent squad of receivers to be compared to. Yeah. So his, his ability to gain separation is pretty unique. His routes are crisp. Um, I, I was okay with his one, five, six, 10 yard split. That's fine. Um, And uh, his vertical is a a 35 incher is decent. It would have been nice to get another inch or two up there his short shuttle was a little bit troubling as a four, five, five and a half to wonder why he didn't run the three cone. Um, but if, if the kid can just get it done uh, in and out of his breaks with the, with the 10 yard split, sort of just, you know, being the booster, um, th- then he can get it done. So I, I think that, that Judy is undeniably either the, the number one or number two receiver in this league uh, or excuse me, in, in his draft. And um, yeah, I mean, it, like SIS had him in the handbook, 10.8 yard, Average depth of target is is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a, a a real deal wide receiver one. Let's move on. Jordan picking for the Jacksonville Jaguars at nine overall is sitting quite pretty right here. Which uh, with it a pick, I'm going to assume he'll make, but we'll see. Jordan, what are the Jacks doing here at nine? Yeah, let's make this easy. I'm going with Jeff Okuda, uh, defensive back out of Ohio State. He's the best man coverage corner in this draft. And uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars having lost Boye, having lost Jalen Ramsey, um, probably going to lose Yannick Ngakwe. They definitely need somebody extra who can help um, with the pass defense. Um, And Jeffrey Okuda is an elite he could develop into an elite shutdown corner he could be their next Jalen Ramsey type player it would be pretty amazing for them to get Okuda in the same like after trading away Ramsey because yeah because Okuda is the best corner best man coverage corner in this draft and he would just fit in immediately slot in as their starting corner day one well a clear pick no need to discuss that much further moving on we are to finish out the top 10 Clark Burns taking over the Cleveland Browns. Clark, let's wrap up the top 10 of this year's NFL draft. So I vowed not to pick exclusively offensive linemen, uh, but I think it would be very natural for the Browns to overreact and uh, remember the success they had with a decent offensive line and pick an offensive lineman here. I, uh, in keeping with not being able to pronounce any of these guys' names properly, I think we're going to go with Mr. Horfs, uh, tackle out of Iowa. Uh, offensive lineman from Iowa uh, is a pretty good combination. Uh, so the Browns are going to invest in tackle and try and get some protection for uh, Mr. Mayfield here. Yeah, that would be a great get for the Browns. He's a huge dude who can move and play pass protect really well. Uh, and I think he would he would slide in and, and hopefully give you the Joe Thomas left tackle there for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I think he's up there with Andrew Thomas's sort of, you know, arguing between which one of these two guys is the top uh, two dogs at left tackle. Cool beans. All right. Before we go out of the top 10 and before we continue on with the draft, I have two things. One, I want to give props to Nick to fighting through the sun in order to bring you this mock draft. That sun glare is really attacking him and he is, fighting tooth and nail to bring you this kind of content. So everyone shout out to Nick. And we're going to take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. We finished the top 10 picks of the 2020 NFL draft. And now we're going to continue on, hopefully maybe at a little bit of a quicker pace. But we start off with pick number 11, Jordan, the New York Jets. Who are they taking? Um, so this is great for the New York football Jets. They are going with C.D. Lamb, uh, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Uh, top wide receiver on my board, six overall. Um, he's agile. He's athletic. Uh, he can win jump balls and triple coverage, and he can honestly just take a quick dig route the entire distance and go the long um, go all the way to the end zone. He is not necessarily like a burner, the fastest guy, but he knows how to take his angles and he knows how to make guys miss. So CD Lamb giving uh, Sam Darnold a legitimate number one wide receiver is the way that they're going to go. Love this one. This is what I landed on too for these guys. And it was just such a bummer. The the Jets are a team that I just feel bad mocking anybody to. Uh I you know, until Gase is out of there, I, I don't see any hope. Uh but I yeah, I think this is I think this is the right call. They they just have to go wide receiver. Like there's no way they can't try to build like go wide receivers and get weapons around Sam Darnold. And if C D Lamb is the guy who they end up getting, perfect. Uh, I know I got all excited for him going to the Jets after swearing off anyone who plays for Adam Gase in terms of fantasy, but damn it, if I wouldn't be tempted to draft him in fantasy. Yeah. It's something that's just so cool about both him and Judy. These dudes are 20 years old and we talked about breakout age. I mean, I think that we covered that on, on the last, uh, last episode, I believe uh, Jordan, you looked up both of these guys had their breakout age, meaning they uh, accounted for over 20% of their team's total offensive production. Uh, at like 19.1 and 19.6, which is otherworldly. And and the way in which college production at the wide receiver position translates to the NFL is is another one of those. That it, yeah, uh, this kid is so good. Yeah, no, this is a this is a home run pick for the Jets if this plays out. Excellent. Then we'll move on to Clark at number 12 for the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's always kind of a surprising, boring pick here. Uh, and and I'm going to make one of those picks for the Raiders here, getting Derek Brown, a guy who's projected to go a lot earlier than he has in this draft. Obviously, we're a little offensive-minded uh, on this fantasy football podcast, and I'm a little offensive line-minded because my team's never had one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hearing lots of good things about Derek Brown, uh, getting a stalwart for the center of a Raiders defense who uh, – Traded Khalil Mack a couple of years ago, and now um, that move not looking quite as comical as it was when it happened. Uh, yeah. The Raiders take Derek Brown, get a good starter um, here at 12. 
Yeah, uh, the, the, the issues, so Brent, he, he's a technician. He's enormous. Um, I think that he might end up being one of those guys that was just so big he could boss around his, uh, his college opponents. So I can see him ending up being kind of a, uh, just a gap stuffer. Um, his burst is, is subpar. And it's something that tip of the cap to uh, Josh Norris for identifying that. As he said, uh, pass rushers need juice. So he, he has him far down the uh, his, his top 50 players as compared to a lot of the rest of the field. I'm kind of inclined to believe that. But at the very end of the day, um, in some capacity, a uh, whole loading, not a sized person isn't the worst thing in the world. So uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch uh, functioning on that line next to uh, last year's first round pick. Somebody help me out here. Uh, t- uh, pick number five. Anyway, Maurice Hurst. Rusher. Oh, oh no, his brother. No. Or oh no, uh, that was before that. Oh god damn it, Lawrence. I know who you're talking no, about. No, I can. I can. We got him. It. We could do Moving it. Moving on. We could do it. Pick it was a, it was a Cleveland shocking Farrell. pick. Cleveland Farrell. There, you there go. it Cleveland is. Farrell. Yes. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Do you guys know him? He's an he's an <laughs> Irish actor. <laughs> Ethan Swat. <laughs> Of all the Colin Farrell movies to pull out, SWAT, I love it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, what are we at? We're on pick number 13, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Nick is on the clock. Yeah, so in a a surprise event, Henry Ruggs III falls down to number 13. San Francisco 49ers pick him up. This kid is special. He runs a 4-2-7-40. Usually I don't care about the 40, but when you run into that fast, I do. Uh, his 10-yard split, surprisingly, was a 1-5-4. You'd hope that it would have been like a, a 1-5-0, get in that Tyree Kill range. But yeah, 4 you can't really complain about. Um, his 42-inch his vertical is preposterous. And when you put that with his 10-11 broad, um, th- yeah, this, this guy's an alien. Um, I, I think he's around 5'11", uh, 180, 190. I don't have his, his height and weight in front of me. Forgive me. But um, one thing that I was consoled by when, when concerned about his, uh, his perhaps uh, lighter frame, I'm still made it a point to note that he's not a finesse player. He does use physicality as a catch point. I was trying to find everything I could on that, and uh, that did it for me. So, yeah, Henry Ruggs, uh, Oakland, they, they, they get a, a do-it-all burner, not just a downfield threat, but a really special player. Um, oh, Nick, pardon me, San Francisco 49ers. Did you uh, did you hear your phone ringing before you made the pick? And it's pretty rude to ignore your phone. It was, it was no, I had the right pick. No, there was a phone call. There's a phone call, someone calling, but okay, all right. See if see if the Denver Broncos ever try to do business with you again. My phone, my phone must have really bad I, service. No one's picking up my calls. Should have used the rugs pick. I was open for business earlier. I know. I was trying to do it live on air, Clark. Think of the podcast. Go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, I like the Ruggs pick. He's another track star. Um, I feel like I might have marked all the track stars on this list. Um, <laughs> if Jordan's, he, Jordan's if draft he, board is just a list of track stars. If he does a good job of refining his route running, I think that his ceiling could be Antonio Brown. Like, I think he's like that special of a talent. And just having that sort of speed is... Uh, it, it would be incredible for San Francisco's offense, um, especially since they have um, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, uh, guys that can eat up targets underneath, and Henry Ruggs can just blow the absolute top off of defense. Yeah, Henry Ruggs with Kyle Shanahan would be filthy and mildly unfair. 
It's an interesting addition with they've got a, a number of those jackknife players already with Kyle Juszczyk and uh, Jalen Hurry, who I think will end up kind of manning the slot and also getting carries in the in the red zone. Um, the ad, adding rugs there would be a lot of fun to watch. All right, so now we're going down to let me see where we're at. Pick number th- fourteen, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. And as myself being the head of the Buccaneers right now, we're going to run the pick right in. Uh, we are going to address our offensive line. We are a little annoyed that the three best <laughs> offensive tackles are I'm gone. A little annoyed that Clark is the GM for several. Yeah, teams. I'm a little annoyed at Clark <laughs> drafting all these all of these offensive tackles. Uh, but uh, Tom Brady is 43 years old. If he gets broken, we're screwed. So we are going to draft uh, Jedrick Willis Wills Jr. Uh, out of Alabama to shore up our offensive line. First of all, Pete, I think you misspoke. You meant the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tom Tampa um, Bay Buccaneers, which is trademark, so Tom, don't Tampa come sue Bay. us. Either way, I, li- I like the the pick of getting Tom Brady a uh, competent offensive lineman to help protect him because he will surely need it. All right, and now we're moving on to pick number 15, and as the GM for the Denver Broncos, here's John Elway, uh, my phone is open. If anyone, anyone wants to call, anyone? No, no one wants to call me. Is there a large quarterback available yet? <laughs> well, six I mean, six or taller. <laughs> if Justin Herbert had fallen to me, you knew I was going to take him, despite what Broncos fans think they should do. All right. Well, if no one's going to call me, then the Denver Broncos are going to take. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. We are going to help fill the void left by uh, Chris Harris, who left in free agency. And so we are going to get a quarterback, a cornerback, excuse me, cornerback for the future. We were really looking for Henry Ruggs, but stupid uh, John Lynch didn't pick up his phone. And so here we are. I I like that our reaction to... uh, some of the picks is much like my reaction on draft night. It's like, oh, a corner. Great. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> oh, an offensive tackle. I like- yes. yes! <laughs> Wait, is the pick in? Yeah, CJ Henderson. Ah, oh, cut out for me. Oh, that sorry. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like them getting a corner in the same way that I like uh or that I liked Jacksonville when I picked a corner from them earlier. There's a team that has always had a relatively solid defense, but just keeps on losing certain pieces and having lost Chris Harris uh, this year, a keep to leave in uh, preceding years, adding a guy like CJ Henderson could help them restore uh, some prowess in the secondary. All right. Well, I just, I guess have all my picks stacked together because I am also picking at whatever number seven, 16 for the Atlanta Falcons and for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, uh, we are going to select Javon Kinlaw who can line up all over the defensive line, get pressure everywhere, crash the pocket, uh, make plays in the backfield. And that's something that this Atlanta Falcons defense needs desperately. Their offense is all set to go. I'm not touching that. We are turning our attention and focusing it on the defense. So with that, Javon Kinlaw is our move. I, yeah, I like this pick. I think he's actually the the top dog in the uh, as far as the interior defensive linemen go. Um, and they they need help down there uh, to attack McKinley. Is it yeah, not quite panning out? Didn't quite. Uh, they, yeah. they, they need some help. 
the uh, fantasy owner in me would love to see the Falcons go running back here. Uh, but I think that that'll probably be addressed smartly later in the draft. We'll wait till the second round to, to go get ourselves a, a Todd Gurley security Todd blanket. Gurley. Oh, I like the Javon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Never mind. They should still draft someone for when Gurley gets hurt. I like Kinlaw in that he's a long-limbed defensive lineman. He kind of reminds me of um, DeForest Buckner in a way. He'll be able to at least play next to uh, Grady Jarrett, either like on the inside or coming from the outside and just give them a pretty, pretty neat two-headed monster there. Boom. Clark picking for the Dallas Cowboys, his favorite team in Texas, number 17. Uh, where are they going? Yeah, so the Cowboys have spent all of their resources on offense. So they're going to have to roll with that. They're gonna think, I think they're going to concentrate on defense. I've seen this guy mocked here several times. So AJ E.P. Nisa, edge, uh, to match up with Demarcus Lawrence, uh, with Robert Quinn leaving this year. So. I like the pick. He's Ebenezer is a guy too that can play inside or outside, which I think. Uh, and also the the Cowboys have it's it's uh, Demarcus Lawrence. It's they just signed Alden Smith, and who's the other pass rusher they have that is a questionable off the field guy, who's young, and they drafted him. I think Randy, uh, Gregory. Is Randy Gregory, Gregory still there. Is he still there? I think he is. Uh, he, he might, yeah, yeah, I think he is. Anyways, my point being that two out of your three, like, pass rushers or people who you're relying on to get after the quarterback have spotty off-the-field uh, track records. Getting someone like A.J. Epineza who can play inside-outside I think is a great a great get for them. All right, we're moving right along. Pick number 18, Nick, is back on the clock as the head of the Miami Dolphins. Now, just a little flashback. The Miami Dolphins took Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, back in there, whatever that is, number five pick who will they take at 18 yeah so this this part of the draft is starting to get a little bit murky as to where uh value can actually be found and, and when teams are starting to get into their area of oh man you know i wish this was actually a second rounder so we didn't have to pay him so much but we got lucky an interior linebacker fell uh patrick queen keep on calling him the queen but patrick queen uh the dude uh danny kelly compton baroque one smith he is a hard-hitting coverage linebacker. Uh, the the Miami defense is already extremely promising with their shutdown corners on the outside. They're building for the long term, getting their uh, their their quarterback in the interior. Uh, they're set up for at least four years, perhaps five. Yeah, I like that get for them a lot. Uh, especially, I mean, I love Brian Flores, given that he's from the uh, the Patriots coaching tree, and he was their off, uh, their linebackers coach uh, before taking over defensive coordinator uh, duties. So he knows linebackers. And so I would expect if he got Patrick Queen, that that is a guy who's going to plug in and make an instant impact along with, you know, free agent signings, Kyle Van Noy. They spent a bunch of money on Byron Jones. That's a defense that I think could take a big step forward uh, in 2020. Love inside linebackers that can run like cheetahs. Clark is back on the clock with the Oakland. Nope. Sorry. Excuse me. Las Vegas Raiders pick number 19. Clark, what are they doing? Look at it in three or four years. Don't worry. Uh, Shout out to the San Diego Chargers. Um, So we're going to stick with defense here. Go safety. Xavier McKinney, Alabama safety. Reading lots of good things about him. Number 22 for 
Daniel Jeremiah, from what I'm reading, one of those not incredibly outstanding athletic specimens, but extremely good player from Alabama. So we'll just go with something solid for the Raiders. Yeah, he, he seems to be fairly strong in, in most areas. I was interested in, in him at number 18 for the Dolphins. His his uh, 10 yard split was, was a little underwhelming. It was 168, which is uh, tight end territory. But uh, his instincts, you know, if he's in the right situation, he, he does get himself in the, the right areas of the field. And he is very talented. He was, you know, he's obviously able to succeed at the college level. Um, the, the Raiders defense that is growing. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, at, at the very least, they've got a guy who, uh, if, if a little bit under, undersized can at least go in there and, and perhaps cover their nickel. And, and he pairs nicely with Jonathan Abram to build a young kind of safety duo, which, you know, you got to make small steps and move forward. Uh, if they if they add him to Abram and they have Lamarcus Joyner, then like that's just another. They have two safeties there that can move from playing up high yeah. or down into the slot. So that just provides them like a really good amount of flexibility. Uh, Jaguars back on the clock. Jordan, who are they taking at twenty? So I am going to give them another defender. This guy goes on my. Um, my list of players star? every year. He's not, he's not, he might not be a track star. I didn't get that sort of information. Um, but he's on my list of pants off players, how I end up picking a player every year where if they start to slide down the board, that my pants might be off. <laughs> uh, last year, for example, at Oliver, example. before that, Derwin James. Um, this year is uh, Kay Levon Chasen, LSU edge rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially, especially if they lose Yannick Ngakwe, um, adding him with Jeffrey Okuda to the top um, from the top of the draft uh, gives them a, it would be an A round grade for me. Of course, I'm the one that's making these picks, but uh, Chasen is a raw athlete with just a ton of potential. He has incredible speed uh, that allows him to play sideline to sideline. and I just think he has a ton of upside. Uh, so getting him at this position in the draft, especially at a position of need, would be great for Jacksonville. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially since I kind of don't see Yannick Ngakwe playing with the Jaguars in 2020. Almost certainly think that they're going to trade him. Oh, you think so? They're going to make him play. I, I just That's Tom the, Coughlin. I understand Tom old Coughlin man Tom Coughlin got stubbornness. fired, didn't he? Oh, well. Okay, all bets are off. <laughs> but I'm not paying attention to a lot of stuff. I lately. think there's something clearly, something's clearly wrong in the Jaguars like locker room, given the fact that Jalen Ramsey got forced his way out. AJ Boye like got released slash traded. He got traded. Uh, and like both guys immediately were talking shit about the Jaguars facility. Calias Campbell was even kind of like mildly happy to get out of there. Class Cable got traded for a fifth round pick to the fucking Baltimore Ravens. Good God. The Jaguars have always been a a laughing stock, which as a Texans fan, I've really enjoyed. Uh, But Bill O'Brien making a strong run this year. Bill O'Brien is really claiming, trying to take over that AFC South. But I like the draft picks. These these are direct replacements for guys that they should be losing through mismanagement. Uh, So taking advantage of some of their assets that they have to recoup these losses uh, for people that are going to be forced to work for them. uh, Pretty good strategy. 
Uh, imagine if they kept though imagine if they kept the people that they drove away and were able to just use these traffics to build on what they already have just imagine just imagine at least just just boyer like just just boyer plus a new yeah rookie corner Uh, i mean would have been nice oh jaguars oh jaguars pick number 21 philadelphia eagles nicholas give us the pick yeah this one's a mea culpa for me so i i was sort of um reading into the general consensus of wide receiver Denzel Mims as being nothing but uh, an untalented uh, athlete. And, and I was wrong. I can't Shots understand. Fired. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Josh Norris and, and Evan Silva were having a back and forth about him. Uh, Josh Norris, who uh, Roto world writer is, is known to, to beat a lot of these uh, draft analysts. Um, he's a really smart guy. Um, he's got Mims as a, a, a locked-in top 15 player in this draft. He wasn't quite sure what kind of a player he was until he continued to watch more and more tape and realized that he wasn't just beating people uh, with his frame and his ability to jump out of the building. He's using his uh, hand technique. He's throwing elbows, shoulders, gaining separation in ways that you want to see uh, a number one wide receiver doing. His comp was Chris Godwin. Silva tossed out A.J. Green and Kenny Galladay. I, I realized I had to really take another look at this guy. I wrote him off uh, as uh, uh, second to Justin Jefferson. Here I'm officially putting my money where my mouth is and saying, no, that's not the case. Uh, a one five four ten 10-yard split makes all the difference earlier on. I was saying that a one five six 6 was fine, and it is, but that, that uh, .02 is, is big. If, if you look down the list of, of who gets into that uh, under one five five category in the 10-yard split, other than that, his 38.5-inch vertical is ridiculous. He's uh, – He's six foot three, two oh seven. Uh, he's a three cone drill of a six six six. Mark of the beast. That's all you need to know. This this kid can play. Uh, he's he's going to be really fun to watch. And hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles and all of their brilliant uh, coaching staff will finally have a reliable pass catching option outside of their tight end position. Yeah, the Eagles need to go wide receiver, or or should go wide receiver. And I think Denzel Mims is a guy whose stock is certainly ascending right about now. And if like he, he will be, he will certainly seemingly prosper off of that. He would be a breath of fresh air for the Philadelphia Eagles because he is most certainly hashtag unlike Aguilar in that he <laughs> makes a ton of ridiculous catches. Like he'll be prominent on House of Highlights no matter what team he goes for because he makes some insane grabs. I love comp season. We have uh, a hybrid between Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> and now we have between AJ Green and, uh, I don't know, someone else. Well, it just good. goes to tell you how amazing yeah. this wide receiver class is and how it's kind of this stupid is, to trade a second round pick for a very expensive wide receiver with five a time of hope. concussions. <laughs> it's a time of hope. Everyone thinks that this guy is going to be their, their savior and, and eight or nine of them are right. So I love draft season. It's pretty great. Uh, all right. Pick number 22, the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock for their first of what we got two picks in the next five or next four. Well done us. I of course, am picking for the Minnesota Vikings. Easy pick here. We are going to take Christian Fulton cornerback out of LSU. Uh, Mike Zimmer needs corners in order to play his defense. And we lost Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes this off season. So we are going to replace them with a guy who has great ball skills, who can play consistent tight coverage uh, and has excellent instincts. 
He is, you know, six foot, good size, can play press, physical. Uh, he's going to start day one and be sweet, sweet gold for us. Vikings are in a position to where they are just pretty solid almost everywhere. Uh, so it'll be fun to see what they go with in the draft. Who was the pick, Pete? And I'm sorry, I missed Christian the name. Fulton. Oh, Christian Fulton. I like Christian Fulton. I thought he was a really good prospect. His production slipped off a little bit last year, but I would be, as a Packers fan, not incredibly excited that they drafted him. And that's a sign of a good draft pick. Uh, I picked 23. The New England Patriots are on the clock. And because no one would pick up their phone, I'm going to have to trade amongst myself so that we have a trade in this goddamn draft. Uh, The Patriots, classic Bill Belichick. Look, we believe in Jared Stidham. We're not going to do anything stupid like uh, get a quarterback. That's not the Patriot way. Patriot way is trade down and get a whole bunch of draft picks. Uh, So that's exactly what they're going to do. The Indianapolis Colts are going to give them a ring, trade back into the first round. Uh, Maybe they'll give, I don't know, their second and a... uh, third or a fourth. The Patriots don't have anything between the first and the, uh, their first round pick and their third round pick. So getting something in the second makes a lot of sense. Uh, so they're going to do that. The Colts trade up to get their quarterback of the future, Jordan love uh, before the Miami dolphins have a chance to get him or the saints have a chance to get him or anyone who's possibly going to get a quarterback of the future has a chance to get them. So there you go. Yeah. Any quarterback that's going to be playing with Frank Reich is an incredibly interesting quarterback prospect um but that would be that would be good for jordan love to fall and then end up on the colts so i called uh justin herbert skinny josh allen um i think jordan love is a little bit like daniel jones um i was watching uh i was watching all of his throws against a team this today i can't remember if it was lsu or somebody else but sometimes he just uncorks some beautiful downfield throws right on the money. And other times he just tosses a screen pass over the running back's head. Um, so he's a little confusing and definitely a quarterback that might need to be in a situation like with Frank Reich, where he can um, grow and develop. And um, Jordan Love had some bad stats again, like Daniel Jones did going in. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with uh the situation in Utah state in his last year was a little rocky, something with an offensive coordinator, like switching mid season or something like that. I can't remember the specifics. Yeah. I just like him being able to sit behind Phillip rivers and in that offense and have a, a year or so to get NFL acclimated. All right, let's move on. Pick 24. Jordan is back on the clock uh, with the new Orleans saints. Oh, so this is a tricky pick. Um, I think having Jordan Love out of the fold, though, makes it a little bit easier. So I don't have to debate with myself whether they try to get Breeze's replacement. Um, I'm sorry? I said you're welcome for for easing your choice. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Also brought off off pod is I discovered that New Orleans doesn't have a second round pick. So I think it could really behoove them to draft somebody who can start right away and can contribute to any sort of playoff run in the immediate future. Uh, In that case, I'm going to go with Kenneth Murray, uh, inside linebacker from Oklahoma. Uh, He's a downhill, 
foot sideline to sideline runbacker linebacker um, with freak athleticism, uh, great closing ability. Uh, they have Kiko Alonso, um, uh, Asalone, Alisoni. I can't remember. Anzalone, his name. isn't that? Oh, Kiko Alonso. Oh, yeah, Kiko Alonso and and, and, the, and the other Alonso. guy. He's got long hair. <laughs> I can't remember, but uh, when I was looking at their depth chart and their roster projected for next season, I, I noticed that linebacker might could use a, a little bit of a boost there. So I think getting Kenneth Murray there would be great for New Orleans. So I think uh, uh, overall, this is a pretty solid pick. Uh, come draft season, though, we like to try to find our, our little insiders uh, and and. I encourage everybody to go check out the uh, the ETR guys and what they're producing. Silva is claiming to have uh, an, an inside scoop on the Saints and is declaring that the run for you noobs. That, yes, um, that uh, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk is very likely to pick. The kid is super talented. He in Chris Godwin said he could be a number one overall wide receiver uh, on on any given roster. Uh, he had a core muscle surgery and knocked him down. Something we were talking about earlier on where these injured players are just tumbling down draft boards and that, you know, kind of pours the salt in the wound on the whole Bill O'Brien move. Um, yeah, I think uh, this, this guy is some, someone to keep an eye on. Um, I think it's, some, it's similar to what Deshaun Jackson took most of last season recovering from, but with an, a full off season to get healthy, uh, he, he should be ready to go. I personally don't know a ton about him, but I did see that note and wanted to bring it up on the show. I did consider when I was looking here, um, Ayuk or Justin Jefferson, because I think receiver, despite signing Emmanuel Sanders, is um, still a little bit of a need, because I think Emmanuel Sanders is somewhat limited um, with with where he can go in the offense. Well, and yeah. uh, it's, I know it's draft season and it's fun to talk like this, but a lot of these guys are not going to be amazing uh, leading the league in jersey sales superstars. So having a guy like Emmanuel Sanders – and getting a year or two out of him while you pick a receiver that just shows as competent yeah. is a great NFL move that happens a, a lot. Yeah, that's a that's an A plus move. Awesome. All also, right. I, I really uh, need Emmanuel Sanders. Back on to be the good. clock at uh what are we? What are we? What are we? What are we overall? We're back at 25 overall. Uh and I'm actually sitting pretty pretty here because I did think <laughs> that Justin Jefferson was going to be taken by the Saints. But that is not the pick. We are going to go wide receiver. Uh, we are going to go with Jalen Ragor, wide receiver at a TCU, uh, who the great Danny Kelly compares to Stefan Diggs and Percy Harvin. What? Have those guys played for the Minnesota Vikings before? I think so. What a perfect get. Uh, good speed guy who can get down the field, stretch the field, open up space for Adam Thielen to work, can be uh, you know a shot off of play action, which they want to operate in. Uh, but I, I just was thinking that Justin Jefferson as a very strong slot guy would kind of overstep Thielen because I think Thielen should be moved permanently into the slot. Uh, but so anyways, so Jalen Ragor is, is the, uh, is the pick at whatever we are 25. Yeah. I think, um, I think all my notes on, on Ragor basically just that he's sort of like a smaller DK Metcalf, um, straight line speed doesn't have a ton of ability to cut quickly, but uh, you know, that they're a team that, that may be able to figure out, well, Vikings, um, they'll be able to use a deep, a deep baller in, in uh, Stefan Gibbs that Stefan Diggs is absent. Uh, All right. Pick 26 Miami dolphins, Nick, your final pick 
leading Miami uh, to greatness? Uh, final pick, I believe, before a couple more. But um, well, for Miami, yeah. this is your last pick as Miami. Thank you. I was <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to see that uh, center office offensive center. I guess is the technical term. Uh, Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan. I hope it's not Michigan State. It might be Michigan State. Um, tumbled down to me. Uh, the as, as one does when they are building a team for long term success. You build in the trenches uh, on offense and the back end on defense. So we're adding to our earlier uh, bolstering of our offensive line and getting a long term answer at center. I like Ruiz in that I believe he can also flip between playing center and guard, um, which is something that's great for a team like Miami. Adding him to uh, your prior picks, like Andrew Thomas bolstering the offensive line and seeing Patrick McQueen there in the middle of the dr- – or Patrick McQueen. See, I did it there. Just not <laughs> Patrick Queen, no Mick, Queen. Um I think that would be a great overall haul for Miami using those three picks, despite uh, not getting a quarterback, which, hey, you know what? Build the infrastructure first. I think uh, that Patrick Queen, we should petition for his nickname to be Lightning McQueen in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I think that that will probably happen pretty much. I think that should ha- I think that will happen. We'll make the, a lot of money off of it. Uh, so, Patrick Queen, if you want that, we'll sell it to you for – Five dollars and the show on the podcast. Clark, are you not a fan of cars? I'm not a fan of the McQueen thing becoming a children's character because of the great Steve McQueen, which is much cooler than mm. cars. But I'm old and don't like stuff, so on with the draft. <laughs> uh, pick 27, Nick. You're on the clock for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So as I was uh, mentioning earlier, it's important to try to find these insiders who have uh, perhaps. Uh, knowledge of one specific team in this case it's tony pauline pauline has been uh somehow just more or less uh it seems like inside of the seahawks war room over the last uh, nine years at this point he's he's adamant that the sales seahawks will be trading out of the first round uh since we don't have anyone controlling second round picks i will just say that i think that the pick will be to trade out however since we're making one uh, Nick, pull me and just create a team that trades into you. I just had the Colts trade into the Patriots. Trades! Well, the, 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 there's a player who, who fell who does oh, okay. fit one of their professed needs. So I'm cool with rolling with it. Uh, left tackle, Josh Jones, or tackle, however you prefer, Josh Jones. Uh, the kid is an athletic baller. Um, for the SIS Football Rookie Handbook 2020, he's best suited in a blocking run team, but he excels at his young age in pass protection, which is fairly unique for a player coming out, um, especially one that can be had towards the end of the first round. This is a uh, – it's a damn good pick for, for such a late pick. I, I think I personally may just be um, higher on him than, than a number of other people are, although I – I did see Jordan give a fist bump there as I announced the pick. So uh, let's let's hear from from Jordan on this one. You, you, you're much more of a film guy when it comes to the big men up front than I am. I just love Josh Jones. Uh, he was going to definitely go to the Packers at 30. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 30. I'm pretty sure if he had fallen back there, he's just a solid left tackle um, who is already pro ready and he has good size, good strength. Um, and just kind of like some natural pass blocking ability, um, which is something I think that could be a great asset to the Seattle Seahawks offensive line 
Um, even with uh, Dwayne Brown there, yeah. I think he can still be able to maybe flip to the other side or play a different position. He's just, he's very, very good lineman, which I think is like the sneaky, uh, maybe best position in the draft. We hear so much about the wide receivers, but there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good tackles, tackles in this draft. Yeah. All right. We've got five more picks. You guys <laughs> almost there. Jordan, it's a big stretch for you. First, the Baltimore Ravens pick number 28. Where are they going? Um, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Pete. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> We're off to a great start in the back end of the draft. So I think I am going to give them, because I think one of the, the more glaring needs for them is uh is linebacker, maybe somebody who can be a little bit more versatile. I'm going to go with Zach Vaughn, uh, who is listed as an edge rusher in most cases, but I think he's more of a offensive linebacker in that he's, cause he's like six foot two more so. And he's, he's pretty decent at dropping into coverage. Um, so I think being able to have a linebacker like that, who can move around the formation um, as opposed to getting somebody who can, who is always just permanently putting their hand in the ground, um, put them on Baltimore and um, yeah, let them fly around a little bit. All right, Jordan, uh, pick number 29 at the Tennessee Titans. Pete, what are their needs? And I'll, I'll give you a pick. To me, we'll the, the, Titans, the Titans have one glaring need and it's a guy who has fallen very nicely down into their lap. I think the Titans still need to get after the quarterback more regularly uh, and have someone to pair with uh, who they took last year, not Jarvis Landry, but Harold Landry. <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Um, so I think if I'm guessing right, you're guessing um, I'm going to try to get this Yetter Gross Matos. That's the name. Edge out of Penn state. Uh, I can see them going with him. I, I can sense a lot of, um, a lot of good similarities with him and Harold Landry and that they're a little bit raw, um, but they can flex to either side of the defensive line. Um, that's what gross Matos can do. Uh, I did see that there was a little bit of a red flag on YGM here um, that has to do with like a hazing lawsuit. Um, I'm not sure if there's any developments on that or if that might drop him out of the first round, but uh, hopefully it, I mean, fingers crossed that's nothing for all parties involved, but um, I think he has uh, the raw tools to develop into a solid NFL player. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's, I just think that that's what the Titans' biggest need is, is to be able to consistently get after the passer because uh, their secondary is pretty solid still. They have a great safety duo. Their linebackers are developing and up and coming. And then we know what that offense looks like. Maybe you could use a little more work along the offensive line at tackle. Uh, but I feel like that has been that position's been picked pretty thin at this point. So your final pick, Jordan, number 30, Green Bay Packers. Who are your Green Bay Packers selecting? I'm trying to do my best for all my folks in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, no other fan base is a statement more true. Yeah. <laughs> like picking for the Texans, I always pick like, oh, this will be fun or this will give us something to talk about. But I feel like Packer fans have to like other Packer fans are judging you. Yeah. Right now. This is a lot, Jordan. A lot of pressure is on you right now. 
Uh, it is a lot, you know, um, I'm trying, I'm honestly trying to do some mental gymnastics in my head to pick between two wide receivers. Um, one I really love and one I feel like might've just fallen down a little bit. Um, I have a little bit higher on my board, Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Yeah. Um, he's a slot yeah. receiver and he might be Nick, a little Nick bit. Proves. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might be um, a little bit too similar to Devonte Adams um, in that they're both kind of late bloomers who uh, um, are guys that are pretty effective in the slot, sneaky fast. Um, I, I think Justin Jefferson's the pick here. He can find soft spots in zone coverage and hopefully help out with the receiving core in green Bay that definitely needs a guy who can step onto the field and learn the offense in a GIF. The kid is, he's just, he's so damn good. And I, I, uh, I, I was absent there for a moment. I was just trying to find his, his college statistics. As we were saying earlier on one sign that is uh, a good indicator of, of college success is gaudy stats. And if I, if anyone cares to look it up, I got him. Um, I got him. Was, I think last year was 111 receptions, 1500 yards, and 18 touchdowns. I mean, that, that's insane for college. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 especially that's the 111 LSU. receptions thing. That's that's astonishing. So yeah, I, I if if he is to fall that far, uh, that's that's an excellent find. I, I the Packers would be hard pressed to ask for something better to add for their offense. Uh, I believe Nick. we talked about this last week too. Is that um, there's, there's a, there's a fine line between being like a good productive college wide receiver who is the product of his offense. And then there are ridiculous numbers where they yeah. just exceed and, um, are successful in that front. So I, I think that he is just as responsible for, or he has a larger responsibility in LSU's offensive success than people are giving him credit for. All right, let's knock out the last two picks. Nick, you're on the clock. 49ers with their second pick in the first round, number 31. Who are they taking? Yeah, this one's really kind of come down to the wire for me. Um, I've, I've been looking at two different prospects. One's, one's on the defensive side of the ball. One's on the offensive side. Uh, the, the 49ers like to run uh, a similar press corner scheme as the Seahawks. And there's a corner, oh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I might have this one incorrect. Uh, Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah, still available. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm of the mind that they're likely to be a little less stringent than the Seahawks are. And, and the Seahawks are even willing to, to bend the rules a little bit here. So I'm going to go with them because they need to lock up the, the opposite side of the field. From Richard Sherman, Akella Witherspoon has always been kind of a soft corner. And uh, he, he's really not panned out as far as being much more than just a, a guy who can sometimes get in the way. So we're going Jalen Johnson. Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks mold, at least physically for, for cornerbacks, is six foot, 190 pounds, and they have to have 32-inch arms. Johnson hits two of those marks in that he's six foot, he's 193 pounds. The arm length is a problem. He's, his arms are 31 and three-eighths of an inch. The Seahawks have at times been willing to go for uh for basically that exact length just right there at the 31 and a half inch arms um given that this is the Niners though and he's got a number of other uh plus attributes like his you know his 10 yards is 159 that's that's fine for a cornerback the four the 450 for the 40 is fine too 36 inch vert 10 four broad 
413 short shuttle and 701 pre-coner, all really solid drills uh, for, for someone who's basically going to have to press at the line and then turn those hips around to get after the receiver um, or, you know, use bail technique as it is. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I think he's going to be a solid addition uh, pairing him opposite Richard Sherman. But if they're anything like the Hawks, they'd never take a corner in the first round. I like this pick. If uh, Johnson's um, prowess and, you know, traits translate to the NFL in terms of how good of a coverage man he is, then um, you you just got to look at his college stats. And he had a targeted completion percentage of 44.6%, which is just putting guys on a proverbial island, which would be insane across from Richard Sherman. All right. We've made it after what's probably going to be an hour plus long podcast pick number 32 defending super bowl champs clark barnes wrap us up so this is a fantasy pick if there ever was one uh we need the chiefs to have a do-it-all workhorse running back again and so I'm looking through the prospects. There's always lots of good, exciting uh, running back prospects. And even though they usually go a little later uh, than we fantasy analysts would like, these rookies have a great chance to be great contributors. But I'm looking for one thing here called out in these scouting reports, and that's pass blocking. And so I'm going with J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State to step in, not get Patrick Mahomes killed, and uh, break Jordan's heart, apparently. What did I do, Jordan? No, it's all right. Um, great, great pick if you're looking for somebody that's just pack, pass blocking. Uh, I, maybe this is just my homerism, but in my opinion, there's only one running back worthy of a first round pick, and that's Jonathan Taylor, um, just because he is a freak and he would be incredible with the Chiefs' already explosive offense. It would be a little bit unfair, but J.K. Dobbins. I'm- I'm willing to change this pick. I just want the Chiefs to pick. I just want the Chiefs to pick a running back. I just that's all. I I like J.K. I've already given. I've given the Buckeyes too much love tonight. I picked two of their players already. So. I like J.K. Dobbins because I think he has a lot of skill and defined skill in the passing game, which I think is something that you obviously need if you're going to play in Kansas City and in Andy Reid's offense. so I, I think that that's actually a pairing that does make a lot of sense. And I think you could see something where maybe you, it is surprising who is the first running back to go. Uh, maybe ultimately uh, whatever it's Jonathan Taylor, Thomas uh, turns out to actually be the better back in the draft, but that JK Dobbins still has plenty of work uh, in Kansas city. I like the pick. But then just like, what happened with Darwin Thompson? Like, are they just, I know that's really, him? I don't, that's uh, the biggest question. It's upsetting. Cause he's, maybe he's just year two guy. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Long show. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor track star. <laughs> Jonathan, okay. I think it's Jonathan the Chiefs, Thomas is who you're The Chiefs are about. still on the clock. I want to see them make this power move since it's an online draft and just hold on to their pick because the other teams can't pick until it's the next day. Right. So the Chiefs are just going to sit on this pick for like 14 hours. 24 hours? Yeah. <laughs> that is a strategy I've yet to see employed, but I like it, Clark. Introducing something brand new to the first ever NFL virtual draft. That's how we wrap it up. <gasps> God bless anyone who stuck around for us for the entire time. Bert's coming to say hi because my voice got too excited.
now he's chomping at my fingers. That's my cue to go. Uh, there you have it. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. We are there. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Evan Nick. You can follow him at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week to talk more NFL draft and maybe make some wild predictions. But until then, peace.